1: Good morning! Welcome to the Northland Sports Page. I don't have to tell everybody good morning. You've been listening to the fan all morning. It's Grandma's Marathon Saturday here in Duluth. I want to start with that. It's Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Congratulations to everybody! So much is affiliated with the race: volunteers, fans, staff, participants, obviously. That is quite the feat. Congratulations on what you've even started to do if you're not done yet. And if you're done, have a
2: day because you already have. Right. You've earned this one. No, I agree, Brian. I think this is a really cool reflection, not just on, um, you know, the the racers, um, but the the community. You know, we have always we kind of pat that community a bit on the head a little bit. Right. But just walking around downtown and seeing the people of Duluth interact with runners and sometimes people just, just – I had one person that was like, I'm not running. I know that I'm fit, but I appreciate all the – all the additional attention, but we do a nice job of making sure that folks who are running, folks who are taking part in this, know that we're appreciative, and, you know, the the folks downtown, uh, the uh, businesses, and the folks with grandmas itself, grandmas, the marathon itself. Right. I mean, congratulations. You got the right weather. You didn't get the Alberta smoke. The
1: whole works. They did get the right weather, I thought, because, again, I did about a mile and a half before the show today, and, and if I ever wanted to feel small, I already am in stature, But if I ever wanted to feel small, I'm often proud that I do a mile and a half to two miles before the show most Saturdays during the summer. Well, it's kind of like, I don't remember if it was UPS or FedEx, but their slogan was, we do more before 5 a.m. than most people do in a day. I did my mile and a half for two, and knowing full well that there are people that did 13.1 or 26.2 in the amount of time that I did a mile and a half or two today. But you're right, to go back to what you said, my walk today was much different. Duluth was a lot more vibrant. There were a heck of a lot more people out. It was tempting as we were waiting as it's a late start today. We go till 1230 because we started at 1030, although we're not quite to 1030 yet. We got an early start.
2: Oh, yeah, don't tell them.
1: Man. Thank you to the broadcast team of grandmas for giving us some extra yeah, time. Speaking
2: of, hat tip to uh, Tipke. Absolutely. I mean, she did a real good job. And, you know, as we were talking about on the way in, it's not easy to do... Um, simulcast, right, because there's different steps to doing right. a radio broadcast. very tempted broadcast. to say,
1: look at that, and know your yeah. radio audience can. Absolutely, so nice work. Absolutely. Kudos to Alicia, kudos to Kara Gelcher, Kara Tollefson, Beardley. Chad Beardley, Chad Zomla is just the best of the best when it yep, comes to that he kind is. of stuff. Yes, But again, Duluth was so vibrant today, so many people out and about. As I started to say, we did have a late start, but we still did what we do, which is show up an hour before showtime. While well, the race was going on right outside our studio windows, here still is, But when we had some time, it was just tempting to just kind of sit and watch. I think we
2: kind of did. I think you know the the. I got caught up in it for sure. Yeah, the thing about the marathon and when you have a number of people running by, it it's uh, almost hypnotizing, right? Because you don't obviously it's not like TV where you're watching them 16 miles in the back. You know they're just kind of you know coming across one at a time, and after a while that can get a little hypnotizing. Do you remember when Ted Keefit was running it and how he sat here waiting for Ted to come by because that was going to be the coolest thing ever?
1: Yes, but I also never judge anybody that you have to sit and wait for, because, again, I've done the William A. Irvin 5K several times. Everybody's got to wait for me, and I made an announcement on social media last night. And I know, I know you're trying to defend yourself. I'm not taking a dig at you for saying that. But I made an announcement on social media last night. If anyone cares, I'm going to return to the 5K next summer. So memo to the staff, you might have to wait an hour to an hour, 20 minutes for things to get wrapped up next year.
2: Wait, now you you don't take digs on me
1: here. Like, I do, but yes. not for that. I know you weren't digging on Ted, but no, I'm just not saying, at all. we we waited for him, but I can relate to that. That's the last thing I'm going to judge anybody for. And I know you weren't either, but Ted's accomplishment was awesome. It's such it, a feat to do this.
2: It, I, amen. Um but here's the thing. So you're going to run next year? I'm going to so walk the bike. We're going to bring the the table and a couple of microphones down there and just catch you as you sit down. I guess we can do that. You know, it'll be like, "Hi
1: Brian." Well, wait. So you need to know the date difference, because as you're practicing lamas here on the Northland Sports page, the 5K is Friday night. What? So I'll be just so, fine. So wait a minute.
2: So we're going to start the show Saturday morning with you coming and sitting down after your race. You started Friday
1: night? Okay. The show's already off the rails. This is why maybe they didn't want us to start till 1030, because, again, <laughs> apparently Dave Cook is in his first grandma's voyage. Because let me recap for everyone that already knows, the William A. Irvin is 5K is Friday night. The half and the full marathon is Saturday, and then everybody parties throughout what about, today. What about the whippersnapper? When is the whippersnapper was Friday afternoon. So, all right. So we so, have a
2: two-day program.
1: Yes. Welcome to Grandma's Marathon. Wow. If they don't cancel us after today, we've really made it. But so, again, next summer, if anyone cares, and this wasn't supposed to morph into anybody caring at all, I will do the 5K on Friday night. I will be here, as far as I know, on Saturday morning next year if we get one now, thanks to this lovely segment. So it should have no effect except for I might be low energy next year on Grandma's Marathon Morning.
2: We are still going to have to figure out a song. Maybe we play Looks Like
1: You Made It. Right. Or I think one of the songs that we have picked out today, because, again, last week we were in preparation for this show. I know the first few minutes doesn't sound like we prepared for anything. But last week we did pick up some running-themed songs today. So you'll hear a lot of them. Running on Empty is one of the ones that I will play today. Yep. I like that Doobie yep. Brothers classic. Yep, yep. That will probably be me to summarize the whole thing next year on that Saturday morning in the marathon because, again, the Friday night 5K for me with cerebral palsy, two canes, yada, yada, yada. It's a grind.
2: Well, plus you get invited to spaghetti feed then, right?
1: Yeah, but the tomato allergy will keep me oh, out of that man. one. That's true. That's like when they say, hey, you're going to
2: pancake day. It's like, well, I'm kind of celiac positive. That strikes me as a negative thing. And then they brought out a whole gluten-free menu, and sometimes it feels a little like for me.
1: 100%. So, again, kudos to the team that puts on grandma's. The broadcast team did a great job. The staff that has this race and has this economic impact and has this city just buzzing for these few days. It's awesome in every way possible. The team that we love is our team of sponsors. We want to give them a shout-out right away.
2: Absolutely. Let's get them going right away. Kohler Hyundai and Kohler Toyota. Famous Dave's. Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies. Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Avenue 45. The Blackwoods Group, including the ones in on London Road. Proctor Two Harbors. Blackwood. Blackwater's going to be hopping later today, yes, huh?
1: Blackwoods Tavern, Blackwater, you pick.
2: And Tavern on the Hill. Sammy's Pizza. Advantage Emblem Screen Printing. Krauss Heating and Cooling. Your carrier HVAC authorized dealer. The carrier of carrier up here is Cross heating and cooling. Justin May of Messina & Associates, OAR Holdings, Hoops Brewing. Dave's, Dave's just probably finishing up right now. He's on the marathon.
1: He's running the half. He's running the half. I'm, I'm guessing he's done by now. They started nice and early. If he's still going, again, I'm not going to mock anybody's pace, but if he's still going, I'm a little concerned.
2: And Arola Architecture Studio.
1: Arola Architecture Studio was the original. He's the OG. Meanwhile, I've got the newest sponsor as well. Comfort Systems, in their second week with us here at Northland Sports Page, they have continued their promotion as they sponsor us. Simply sign up for a service appointment with Comfort Systems. Do it online at com. All you got to do when you make that appointment online, mention that you heard about it here on the Northland Sports Page, and you can receive $20 off the cost of said appointment. And, again, I kind of like this time of year, whether you're doing you know furnace cleanings or having appliances looked at, ovens, fireplaces, what have you. In Duluth especially, this is where we kind of get multiple seasons in one week. So this is kind of the time to, to address those kinds of things. Well, and
2: again, it's such an interesting, you know, comfort system is something that's a little bit different here than we than are pretty much everywhere else, right? I mean, when you, when you think about your furnace or you think about your HVAC systems, it's a phone call, right? It's not, a, okay, well, I need to have them do this and this and this and this, so i got to have myself a note written down to make sure I tell them. It's like, hey, comfort systems, could you come take a look at my stuff? And they're there, and then it works. I mean, there's having a service like that. Think about a service like that for food. You know, you call and say, okay, I'm hungry. I'm going to call this number. And they bring you your favorite things, and you're full afterwards. It's like comfort systems and HVAC systems for people's homes. It's silly not to be involved.
1: Absolutely. So, again, so thankful for Comfort Systems and all of our sponsors. It's one of those things where I look at the list and I go, wow, they like us. They really, really like us. And And maybe they do in general here at the radio station because – you and I were joking about this earlier this week, that times have changed. In previous years where we followed Grandma's Marathon, it's been okay. It'll be a truncated or abbreviated show, whatever word you want to use. You'll start when we tell you to start, and you'll be out the door at noon. No, no, not only did they give us the full two hours, which was planned already, they said, well, I guess Grandma's is done. You guys go now and take it till 1230. So we are here with you, Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook, until about two hours from now. Yeah. So a longer show. Maybe it's our marathon show because oh, everybody's nice. on distance nice. here this
2: weekend. Well, plus things must be changing because Ken Hayes hung around and Randy's here still. I was going to say, around.
1: when Powers That viewer were here, are you intimidated at all? Well, of
2: course. I mean, it's like I don't, I don't ever come in, so when I see Ken, Ken is like... You know, the guy, and Randy yeah. knows everything about the stuff that I don't know anything about. So, yes, I sit by quietly and listen, just like I do here.
1: Well, and the good news is, too, they were getting us ready for next week, which is a big week for us and a big week for Hoops Brewing. You mentioned Dave running the half today. It's going to be great to talk to him just a hair after 11, find out how his morning went. But he's going to have a couple big weekends in a row, yeah. individually this weekend. But his team that makes up Hoops Brewing, turning six next weekend, Hoopla will be there we wrap up Grandma's coverage today. We kick off Hoopla coverage on location at Hoops next Saturday. It should be fun.
2: Oh, it's going to be fantastic.
1: You know, it's one of our one of our
2: really good friends, but also one of the, you know, best breweries one of the great in businesses, you know, in, Duluth. in northeastern Minnesota. It's just sure. fantastic. Um and so yeah, come on down next week to to Hoopapalooza. And uh, we will also
1: known as Hoopla, but yeah. I like your ad lib title.
2: Yep, and See and they will, will change it for you. And we will get it started, and you should stay afterwards anyway. Don't blame us. You know, come on in, listen, uh, and then hang out and enjoy the day. Because you know Hoops Brewing, I've told you, Jenny and Jason come down from Anchorage, right? And the first thing they they do is, well, let's go down Hoops before we go to your house. It's like the car is full of suitcases and all kinds of things. It's dragging its backside because it's too much stuff. And we're heading to Hoops rather than home to unload.
1: Absolutely. So I love being on location at Hoops. That is next weekend. That is the 24th, if you prefer calendar dates, the 24th at 10 a.m. It'll be the Northland Sports page live at Hoops Brewing. We'll kick off Hoopla. Dave will have more about what goes into Hoopla when we talk to him again. A hair after 11 today. The rest of the show lineup looks like this. Right after Dave Hoops, we'll have Justin May. We'll play Buy or Sell. There's a lot of controversial, debatable topics In the world of Major League Baseball, National Basketball Association, National Hockey League, and National Football League, we will tackle them all. And then a guy that, if you remember when this show was in its first year, and we had a Grandma's Marathon Day show, because forever this show has been on Saturday, we had kind of the third prong to our show coverage, who happened to get the honor of being in a pace car for one of the races for Grandma's, which, by default, we got very good Grandma's coverage by going... Hey, why don't you call us from down there, and we'll be able to talk about it. Topher Davis was our champion that day. He's in L.A. now, but I know grandma still means a lot to him, so we're going to talk about that. But plus, if you watch the Stanley Cup Finals at all, Topher Davis represented the Northland a little bit.
2: Yeah, how about about that with the Twitter machine reaching out to the national audience and... You know, Topher's, Topher's a lawyer, right? He's good with words. Absolutely. And, uh, and sure enough, Topher's tweets got on. That's a, you know, that's a... Topher's a, tweets should be a segment. That's a part of the yeah. segment, isn't it? um
1: wonder if we can get Lake Superior Law back on the sponsors list and do, uh, Topher's tweets. Topher's courtesy of tweets. Lake Superior yeah. Law.
2: I like it. You know, we, so shout out to Ken, there's your blog. Uh, anyways, the, um the, uh, uh being able to put your, your, snide comment, your your mindset into a program and have the program say, a national program say, you know what? That's pretty good. This is good. Yeah. We're, we're going with this one.
1: He can never say to his wife maybe I'm not that funny anymore because <laughs> when a TNT national broadcast says, you know what, there's good humor in that, we'll use it. I think Topher, maybe it's the LA vibe. Maybe studios knew him already. Oh, that But, but, they, but they looked at his tweet and said, you know, we can use that. Yeah,
2: Shaq really liked the tweet and so away you
1: went. Yeah, Shaq on the NHL broadcast. Yeah. There you go hundred percent. So we'll hear from Topher Davis today, too. And then we kicked around a couple of different topics to close the show with. Initially, I was going to say, well, we're back at it with Kirk Cousins' debate. It's time to do our annual pilgrimage into let's look at every NFL quarterback and play who would you rather have, that particular quarterback or Kirk Cousins, and have that debate. And it would have been fine. It would have been timely in its own right because could do Kirk week. Cousins' debate is all over the place. We could do it next week. We could do it closer to the start of football season. Pick one. Every we could three. do it many times. Yes. But then, I looked at the way Carl Anthony Towns has been in the news, and every time he says something, you just kind of go, "Okay, love to know what the hamster wheel in your brain is doing, so we can talk about him a little bit. And then, the Minnesota Twins have looked nothing like a Major League Baseball team the last two nights against the Detroit Tigers. And maybe that's the problem, because the Minnesota Twins play good teams very well. The Detroit Tigers, for me, don't qualify as a good team. In fact, the easy joke would be, I assumed that the Twins would get a bigger challenge from the Northwestern Tigers baseball team than they would from Detroit. But the Twins have been in the fetal position for two nights. We'll see what they do tomorrow, and we'll see live what they do Sunday. You and I are going. More on that later. Yep. But Rocco Baldelli. Kevin O'Connell is a new coach. Rocco Baldelli is not quite so new with the Twins anymore. Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings this past season seemed to have the Midas touch until the playoffs. Everything he touched turned to goal. Rocco Baldelli lately seems to have the fecal touch. Everything that he touches when he overmanages turns to you-know-what. Yeah. So what's become of this, and I texted you last night, and I said, hey, let's call an audible with that segment. Who is the more scrutinized or polarizing figure in Minnesota sports? Is it Towns, is it Kirk, or is it Rocco? And I don't want to get into it now, but it probably depends on the season, or it probably is Kirk just because the NFL is king. But there is plenty of material for those three. You know, what struck
2: me as interesting, I talked to Dana about this after I got your, your text, uh, Brian didn't mention the Wild. Does that the ultimate, ultimate hat tip to the mediocrity, the above, the above average mediocrity of the Wild, is that everything really is placid, that there's really nobody shaking the boat there at well, all?
1: Well, I think it's that, but I also think it's where we live. You and I have talked about how many times there's one sports franchise in this town that gets unconditional love because of what sport it is, the fact that the team that we had before had left somewhat recently, because you could say, well, the Minneapolis Lakers left too. Well, yeah, find me three listeners that watch Minneapolis Lakers games at this point. But hockey just gets the free pass.
2: Yeah, but if you've if you've crossed wild fans, hell hath no fury, right? And so maybe that's the answer. Maybe there's nobody that rocks the boat. We either execute them or we love them. You know what I think it
1: is? They've never actually been close to really doing anything outside of when yeah. they were shut down by J.S. Chiguerre. You know, the Twins have the championships, but also have the longest postseason losing streak in sports. The Vikings are known for being on the cusp. The Timberwolves
2: <laughs> change their name.
1: are known for being either terrible or, hey, it looks like we're going somewhere because of an individual player, and then it never pans out.
2: Yeah, that's true. Plus, from
1: a national perspective, certainly not Minnesota, but from a national perspective, all you've got to do is look at the finals ratings between the Stanley Cup and the NBA. Basketball is way more universal. The exception is where we live. Yeah, that's true. You know, let's start there, then.
2: I mean, if we're we're going to talk about folks that are, um, you know, in comparative uh, as to how people are, you know, the consternation, we should probably start with the Wolves right after this break, don't you think?
1: I don't think there's any question, but the focus, again, to start was the amazing feat that is running a marathon or a half marathon or a 5K. So you and I kicked around for an opening topic today. What are the most amazing feats in sports? individually, I think we just saw it or are seeing it. I think these runners yeah. are absolutely the feet that can't be
2: taught. Uh, and if it's not marathoning, it's another track and field sport, right? right? When you get somebody, you know, Usain Bolt does the does the stuff he does, and, and his accomplishments, individual ac- accomplishments, he keeps breaking records, right? Each run is the, is the best run of all time.
1: No question. So, again, for all the participants, whether you started, finished, are en route for the 5K, for the half marathon, for the full... Whatever you've done, you're amazing. Just yeah. take that and run with it. Nobody can take that away from you. You are absolutely amazing. That feat is incredible. Meanwhile, in team sports, Esco Baseball, you guys are incredible. You are state champions. That is a team feat. Yeah. We're going to kind of combine the two when we come back. We're going to take a look at team sports, but individual feats within them. What's the toughest? And it may morph into what are we never going to see again? I promise you, you are absolutely not going to have to see us, but you are going to hear from us again very soon. Brian put and Dave Cook, we are the Northland Sports Face. A little bit longer show today. Why not? It's Marathon Weekend here in Duluth. Stick around. We'll be right back.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who
1: get it done. It's local sports talk from our studios in the Holiday Center downtown Duluth.
2: The Northland Sports Page on the fan 106.5.
1: We're on our way here at the Northland Sports Page. Just getting started again, a much later start today. Thought we were starting at 10.30, but the grandma's coverage cut off a little bit before then, so we get some bonus time, actually. But we'll be here until 12.30 today, normal Saturdays, 10 to noon. I don't know if next Saturday becomes, quote, normal either, because instead of in the studio, we'll be live at Hoops Brewing, part of Hoopla. We'll talk to Dave Hoops about that at about 11.05 today. We are talking about the amazing feat that is finishing a marathon. Congratulations to everybody, even if you're still out on the course. Granted, now there's the headset rules, so you're probably not hearing this show if you're out on the course right now. But any runners that are still plugging away or, of course, anybody that's crossed the finish line in any of the races this weekend, congratulations to you. You have my admiration in a big, big way. You have accomplished quite a feat. It's an individual feat. We talk mainly about team sports on this show quite a bit. But, Dave Cook, we're going to have some fun kind of combining the two. There have been some things in team sports accomplished by individuals that we think is either going to be incredibly difficult to duplicate or simply just won't be.
2: Oh, a hundred percent, Brian. There's you know, you think about really cool things in sports and you sometimes you can see them more than once. You know, perfect games are something that you might only see two or three of uh, you know, in a in a baseball watcher's life, unless of course Nolan Ryan's around then you might see more than that. But, well, not perfect games. He'd give you no hitters. He does. He, he walked too many people. I was
1: going to say, he wasn't very good. I, I heard that from you. Yeah, he walked too many people.
2: But uh, the perfect game, you're going to get a chance to see. You're going to see triple plays every so often. But some of these things are once in a lifetime, and that's, that's what we want to talk about today.
1: So since you started with the term perfect game, I want to ask you about that, because how much does the stage matter? Because, yes, there have been perfect games, uh, plural, there's been one in a World Series. Yep. I don't know if you can say that that'll never happen again, but I also look at pitchers today and I go, yeah, you can, because nobody sticks with a pitcher that long anymore, even if they are succeeding that well, not just teams managed by Rocco Baldelli. It's a universal feeling.
2: Yep, No, I agree with you, Brian. I hadn't thought of it that way. I was thinking about it from a social media pressure, which you didn't have 25 years ago. Right. right? The, the news media was tough
1: enough. But I think that's part of the evolution of the game, per se. I look at a pitcher throwing a perfect game, or I can even go the Johnny Vandermeer route and go back-to-back no-hitters. You, you just aren't going to see that unless you count combined no-hitters because there's just, and again, my favorite team is managed by Rocco Baldelli, but that is not why I'm going on this soliloquy. Yep. There is too many reasons for managers to give a pitcher a hook these days, even if the success is there.
2: Right and it's not just uh, based on the team. I mean, you think about, look at Kenta Maeda right now. Right. Um, you know, we're longing for him to come back. Well, if you pull him early and you limit his pitch counts, you kind of think, well, maybe I'm stre- stretching his career out a little bit. That, that's not really a thing because a pitcher's livelihood is the next pitch. Um, but, I mean, they're, so they're not just saying, well, the team needs a win here. They're saying, And yeah, we can protect our pitcher. Well, there was just the other day in college baseball. There was a pitcher that went for one thirty-five. Right. Nobody makes hundred and thirty-five pitches. The Northwood League just cringed at making a college arm do that. Do you remember um, when uh, the the pitcher with the curveball who, you, who I used to say should close, and you said Tyler, no. Duffy. Tyler Duffy, Tyler Duffy, Tyler Duffy, and and uh, we'll be so good at passwords. Sh- Something Sh- Chagoa came out of, of Rice University. He did. And Go uh, and uh, the, Ri- the Rice University. Manager has a reputation of ruining pitcher's arms because he does stuff like that. oh hey you 're at pitch number one hundred and fifteen. we'll get this guy, and then we 'll talk about pulling you out um it's the same It's the same worry you know he's not going to be able to pitch forever. his arm's going to fall off too soon. He might not be able to do, open a doorknob when he gets older because his elbow's shot, but let's just keep throwing him out there and I think that mindset as much as anything has changed the way you know, pitchers go, but they don't even take the risk anymore. That's the thing.
1: No doubt, and I'm glad you brought that piece up because it is the fear of what happens to the arm long term, whether it's as a pitcher or even quality of life, as as weird as that phrase sounds, because other people could think, well, the reason pitchers won't do that anymore is because things have changed in baseball for the offense and hitters are better and exit velocity and all these things we hear about, launch angle, all this stuff. But I say to that, well, wait a minute, I got a hitting feat that I don't think is ever going to happen again. DiMaggio's 56 is so safe to me.
2: There's no way. The pressure would be so incredibly high.
1: on. Luis Arias might be the only guy that you think could challenge it, but he can't. He can't
2: because the, the the pressure, the pitchers, like you said, the pitchers aren't just throwing, you know, you're not seeing him a the third time around. All the things the pitching people say, the reason you pull a pitcher, well, for the hitters, you're not going to get that cheap at bat late in the, in the game either. Um, you know, we were talking about pitchers' arms just a second ago. You know, the one pitch they don't show you never see anymore is a screwball. And the reason is anybody can throw a screwball and gets told you're not ever throwing that right. pitch again because it turns your arm inside out. Uh, Fernando Venezuela won a ton of games with the screwball, right? But you're not going to see that anymore. I was thinking when we had this conversation, the very first thing that popped up into my head was Ted Williams hit 406, right? But he was at 401 at the beginning of the day. Right. And they played two. And so Williams had to make a choice. Do you play or not play? And I promise you today, with all the money involved, uh, most players would say, I'm good. Williams did not. Williams went like six for eight and hit 406 for the year.
1: Now, I agree with that because of the 400 plateau, if you will. Correct. But we just brought up Luis arrives. His situation at the end of last season was very similar. In Chicago, he was hurt. The Twins, as a team hurt themselves throughout August and September and had yep. nothing to play for. Luis Arias played and did enough to win the batting title. I, he could have sat and won it anyway. Yeah, now, he wasn't near 400, right. but it was
2: still... That's the difference. The difference right. is he did the right thing to win the batting title.
1: Now, he is the guy that you'll see a chase for 400 for, but I still don't think he will because it was what? You say we can't judge Major League Baseball seasons off a week, and I agree with you. But it was a week ago that he was at something like 4.06. Yep. Yep. Going into last night, now I think he homered and got a few hits last night. But going into last night, he was down to 3.82. Now, yes, we're only in the middle of June, so 0 for 4 can have a much bigger effect than 0 for 4 will in September. But I just don't know about the way the hitting approach is. Now, a rise doesn't do this. But again, I go back to launch angle, exit velocity, and power, power, power. Hitting 400 and hitting for any power is not really an easy thing to do. Right,
2: and batting average. I mean, just talk to some people we know. They don't care about Archaic it at all. judgment of right. somebody. The, I'll tell you what, unless you're really
1: good at it or really bad, then they judge you because it sticks out. Correct.
2: <laughs> the, but it's, think about as much grief as we give the Twins. If you are trying to hit 400 and you're closing out against the Twins, right, and you're facing Sonny Gray to start, then you're facing Griffin Jackson to fifth, you know, all well, the way. Well, you're the
1: Detroit Tigers, it's a great recipe to get healthy. Right,
2: right. You, but then you you have to face. But Paga- oh, never mind. I won't include him there. Um, but you've got all these other guys, and then you face Duran. I mean, if you can if you can go three out of four against that pitching staff, and to get you to a 400, you know, good luck. I mean, right. congratulations. The Twins pitching staff is good, but it ain't great. Imagine one of those great pitching staffs that they had. They'd have to face.
1: What about something like Hack Wilson with the RBI mark? Because I don't feel like something like that can really be touched either. But I don't know why. Because part of me says, well, why couldn't it? Because home runs are way up. Is it because there's no table setters anymore? Because, you know, home runs with guys on are a little more rare, so it's harder to drive in runs. Or if you're not capable of driving in runs with singles and doubles and you rely on launching the ball over the fence, it's just harder to do. Because other than that, I can't think of much. Baseball doesn't really do load management. Baseball has injuries, sure, but... I can't sit there and point at players aren't healthy today, and that's why this won't happen. I just don't see somebody driving in, you know, 150-plus, or in Hack Wilson's case, I think it's in the 180s.
2: I think it's 191. Okay, I think you might be right. The, um, the We don't get on base like we used to. Like, you know, I was looking at Johnny Bench's uh, 1975 numbers, and his strikeout-to-walk ratio is level. You know, the, a person now that hits 45 home runs and 125 RBIs He's striking out 200 times, right? Johnny Bench didn't. Well,
1: wasn't it Miguel Sano that had 30 and had 70 RBIs? Yes. Like, how did you do that?
2: Yeah, and so those guys are paid a lot of money instead of, guys, you remember um, Wade Jr. that we had that we traded to San Francisco? Lamont Wade. Yeah, there's a guy that would have been on base 40% of the time right. between walks, getting hit by pitches, and he would have learned how to hit. Well, in San Francisco he's used him a little bit, but, but we didn't need him. And I really like Joey Gallo, right? Yeah. But if the goal is 190 RBIs, you can't have Joey Gallo on the team.
1: Well, and how about the fact that our RBI leader portions of the time and large portions of the time can't stay with the big league club? Trevor Larnick has led this team in RBIs multiple times this season. Yep. And, and that's the other thing. Right now he's on the fast track between Minneapolis and St. Paul every time somebody comes back.
2: Yeah, he's on the green rail, right? Right. Um, but the but Wilson was healthy. The other yeah. thing is that he was a one-season, stayed off the sauce. You heard
1: almost nothing yeah. about him after that.
2: That's because he was a heavy drinker, my understanding. But how about Babe Ruth? So we talk about Babe Ruth a lot, but there's one stat that I think is amazing. Okay. So in the 1880s, 1890s, somebody hit 27 home runs. Um, and that record stood until 1919. Oh. Babe Ruth hit 29. In 1920, Babe Ruth hit 54 home runs. So they went from record 27 forever to two years and having it doubled. Now imagine a record in sport, pretty much any sport, that you That got
1: surpassed and almost doubled?
2: Doubled. Literally doubled. 27 to 54. Think about a, a stat like if. Trying
1: to find a positive one would be yeah, difficult. Like think, I bet you the strikeout record could get doubled uh, at some point. That's,
2: that's probably true. But if you think about, uh, again, a positive. You're never No pitching stat is going to get there.
1: You know who looks at that and says, hold my beer? Somebody like Brady Anderson. Yeah, well, I had seven the year before I had 56. You know? That's true. That's true.
2: Individually, it's been done before. Yeah. But, I mean, the strikeout record from a pitcher's never – I mean, that's 383 or something in yeah. that order. Yeah. Um, you know, sh- wins. None of those things are going to double. Think about watching, in today's day and age, a player take a record that stood forever and double it. Like, that would be – you know, we talked about the 56, of. the 56-game hitting streak. Uh, 112 games. Well, if you went and doubled it, take what
1: Danny McLean's 31 wins. What I also don't think will be matched, and I think the win for a pitcher has become a eh, stat like batting average has. But you're certainly not going to see anybody go to 62. Well, even run out the
2: save stat, which you know, you know my take on on relievers. I think the I think the save record is 50 by Thigpen still, isn't it? And uh, imagine one guy I think it's saving
1: 56 a, or something like that. But yeah, one guy saving 110 games. But some of that isn't. In his control, you gotta have a team that plays a much closer games, games
2: too. But those, but but Babe Ruth had to hit the ball, yeah, right, and
1: so. But he didn't have to wait for his team to give him at bats. I'm saying if your team is up nine to two, you're not going to save.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's very true. But those those in individual that individual record, I just can't imagine a record being doubled like that. Think about Hack Wilson's record of 191. So that would mean the record With 380 some or or <laughs> vice versa. The, the record, the would previous have been record like, was in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And so he just went crazy like that. So I think that, that number is crazy. The other one that I want to say, and it's not an, in, it's not a team sport, right? It's an individual sport. It's an Olympics. But think of the pressure Jesse Owens had. Yeah. In the Berlin Olympics, doing the track and field event in front of, in front of Adolf Hitler, who wanted to, you know, do away with most everybody that wasn't, um, you know, uh, what they called Aryan. Um, imagine the pressure of that. And uh, Jesse Owens didn't just succeed, but he succeeded at a level that, I mean, again, today's day and age with all the social media.
1: I'm glad you did that because we started morphing into just baseball, and that wasn't intended. In fact, when we went to the break, you said, well, we should start to talk about basketball. And I thought, you know what, Wilt's 100, never going to be touched again. Because, yes, we have guys that get plenty of shots up, and there's only one basketball, and you can talk about that all you want. But, again, this is a league that does load management. Now, I know they do it with planned sitting-out games, but I also think they do it with planned sitting-out minutes. How in the world are you going to get 100 points if, if, if 32 minutes a game is considered a lot?
2: Well, and think how bonkers we thought that Kobe Bryant's 81 was. Well, Kobe would have needed another quarter to get right. to 100. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think that one's uh, all the goals, uh, records from the 80s, you know, when you get guys that had six, seven goals in a game, that's not going to happen again unless something
1: drastically well, changes. let's be honest. NHL career points, no one's touching 99. Who would
2: have thought that Ovechkin would be anywhere near where he's at now, but it's taken him, you know, half of his entire life playing in the NHL, scoring like he's to get ballpark. Agreed. Where the, where the guys that are at the top of that, minus Gordy Howe, but if you think Gretzky and Lemieux and those guys, they didn't spend that kind of time to get to those numbers because the game was different.
1: One sport that we haven't touched yet is football. And I'm not surprised because as I was thinking this through this week in my head, it's tougher in football to say that's absolutely an individual accomplishment because passing yards, somebody's got to catch it. Receiving yards, somebody's got to throw it. I do think that the sack record should go down at some point, not because I necessarily think defensive linemen are getting better, but the game is all about passing. If somebody's dropping back 60 times a game versus 30 – you doubled your chances to get a sack. I look at that with the Daniel Hunter contract situation. Everybody goes, well, pay him whatever he wants. He had 10 and a half sacks last year. Did you notice him? This defense was terrible, and how often did they pass against this team? So I actually look at Eric Dickerson, and I think of how close AP was during that game where they clinched the playoff spot against Green Bay, and Pam Oliver goes up to him, and they had just made the playoffs. Should have been the most boisterous interview ever. And she went up to him and said, eight yards, how bummed out are you? And he went, well, eight yards what? I, I think and that... Let's let's not forget, before I let you go, that, that running backs, they aren't the biggest thing in the NFL anymore. So that rushing record single season should stand for a long time.
2: Well, we talked about social media pressure. Adrian Peterson was crazy that year. Like, he was, every single play, it was going to go the whole distance, right? He still fell short. The thing about the NFL records that are hard... Is that you know? We talked about Jim Brown a couple weeks ago, right? You know, Jim Brown had fifteen hundred yards in a, in a NFL that had twelve games. Well, now they have seventeen, and so the sack record should get knocked down because they're playing more games. Agree, and, and so the amount they're dropping back to me still is phenomenal. Well, and and here's a question I saw the other day, and this probably would would hit that if Justin Jefferson is the MVP, because Justin Jefferson has to catch a football. That means the left tackle has to stay healthy. The right hat. Garrett Bradbury is going to have to play like he's never played before. Kirk Cousins can't get hurt, and they have to throw the ball to Jefferson all the time. For Jefferson to win the MVP, knowing that he is so, uh, you know, he's so impacted by the play of five or six other players to even be involved, um, one, that'll have to be one of those records because, again, ancillary player winning the, the NFL MVP. But,
1: two, if he has those numbers,
2: isn't Kirk Cousins the MVP?
1: Right. I was going to say, that's chicken or the egg, because you can say, well, in order for Kirk to win and this team to go anywhere, Justin Jefferson has to be off the charts. Well, yeah, but Kirk has a lot to do with that, too. That's a discussion I want to have as we get closer to football season. Chicken or the egg, who makes who? We all say, whether it's right or not, that Randy Moss made Dante Culpepper. Now, Dave Hoops has disagreed with that every time we've said it. Does Justin Jefferson make Kirk, or has Kirk made J.J.? Because Justin's only played with one quarterback in his career, and it's all gone pretty well.
2: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I agree with, you know, and, and it, the interesting thing in 20 years is going to be look back and see how Jefferson's personality meshed with Cousins after, and just it, did that breath of fresh air, you know, change Cousins as well.
1: Well, let's face it, when we talk about feats in football, the benchmarks just need to change because we just talked about how you had records double in baseball, and now we look at numbers differently. We need to stop with, and this especially became true when Dalvin Cook got released. I saw tweets about, can't believe the Vikings just let a guy walk who was a 1,000-yard rusher with his eyes closed. Okay, do you know what a 1,000 yards in 17 games now is? I just used the calculator on my phone. It's 59 yards a game. Mm-hmm. Are you getting eye-popping feelings from a running back that gets you 59 yards a game?
2: That's 100% correct. Again, back in Jim Brown's day, 12 games, 1,000 yards, that's, you know, 89, 90 yards a game. That's doing something. That's Again, double what Dalvin gave you.
1: And I know you wanted to talk a little bit about not necessarily records. This this morphed more, more into records than I thought it would. It was more about feats that we think are amazing, that were accomplished by individuals in team sports, and not shocked that it became a conversation about, well, you won't see that again. But you wanted to give some love to prep or college folks that didn't necessarily set a record but really made you go, wow. And you said, well, there's got to be somebody, Brian, you follow so much prep basketball. And I said, yeah. I said, Gianna Neepkins at the state tournament. They lost. She netted 67. I don't, Madden Greenway is unbelievable. She's, you know, going into the 10th grade, I believe, and has over 2,000 career points. She may do some things that make you go, she did what? And we all know what Paige Beckers, once she's cleared to play, will do again at UConn. But for local, Gianna, for me, take about. Yeah, no,
2: and that's the sort of stuff that you're really interested in. In you know the high school players that hit 500, right? You've got and and that Joe Maurer's high school stuff down in the cities.
1: He struck out know, once.
2: Yeah, in four years. Yeah, or five years. He, I mean, those sort of things are are just amazing. And we see it in college. We've had a chance to see it. Uh, you know, I'm not a Badger fan, but you remember Ron... Oh, but I am. You remember Ron, <laughs> Ron Dane when, yeah, yeah. He hit the, when he hit college? He did stuff that... Was he Thunder or he Lightning? I'm hoping no, with his build he
1: was Thunder. He was
2: Thunder. Yes. But the stuff he did in college, some of that's never going to be touched again. What, 2,400 you know yards in a season because he they just fed him the rock 100 times? Nobody does that anymore.
1: Did you find it easier, and I use the air quotes because I did, did you find it easier to root for Ron Dane, the New York Giant, than Ron Dane, the Wisconsin Badger, just because a jersey change does wonders for a guy sometimes. Okay, so I'm going to say no Okay, um, because the Gophers
2: were so bad. Watching Ron Dane be unbelievable at at
1: 260 pounds as a running back uh, was kind of cool. See, now I had the reverse experience. I used to go to one Gopher game of the Dome per year for a few years in my 20s, and one of them I went to was Gopher Badger. Well, Gopher football was pretty bad in the early 2000s. Yeah, Mason... Turned them around, but they were never really good. And the one game you want, obviously, not unlike Viking Packers, is we'll beat the Badgers. And the Badgers were highly ranked, and the Gophers were the Gophers. The Gophers kind of had control of the game. They went into overtime, and Ron Dane broke one. Uh, That's unhappy Brian that day. (laughs) Yeah,
2: No, and and again, how big that guy. You know, that's something we can talk about at some point, how the body styles of players have have changed so much. You know, again, Ron Dane, Christian Okoye, Back in the day, you had running backs that were 250, 260 pounds that were main running backs. Now those guys are defensive tackles and defensive ends, and and running backs look like guys that never would have played
1: when we were young. Like you've talked about, we've got safeties trying to play linebacker just because they can run. They're not built like either one, but they're just fast. Yep. The thing that they all have in common is they can run like hell. You know what a lot of people did in Duluth this weekend? Ran like hell. Congratulations again to all of our marathon, half-marathon, 5K participants we are going to talk to one. Dave Hoops is right around the corner. We are here until 1230 today. Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Stick around. We'll be right back.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.
1: Back on the Northland SportsPades will take it on the run from REO Speedwagon. I'll tell you what, this show may have to be replanned on the run because as great as Grandma's Marathon Weekend is, what is the first thing Ken Hayes told us when he walked in? He said, uh, the internet's not working, and why wouldn't it? Because it's Grandma's Weekend. And I believe that makes our phone dialing ability zero. Less
2: than, less than solid.
1: Right. So I am trying to have our guests call us and see if we can at least receive calls versus make them. Otherwise, every single guest that I had on the docket today, uh, we love you, but we won't hear from you.
2: Speaking of guests, let me go through our, our list of sponsors, which include a couple yes, of our guests. They
1: are, at the very least, guests of ours every week
2: in a business set. Absolutely. Arola Architecture Studio, the original, the, the organization, Ryan's organization kept us going during the COVID seasons. Uh, always a hat tip to Arola Architecture Studio. Hoops Brewing, OAR Holdings, Justin May Messina & Associates, Krauss Heating & Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer in our region, Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, Tavern on the Hill, Blackwater, Two Harbors, Proctor, and the London Road, Blackwoods. Make sure that if you're here this weekend, you enjoy uh, some time at Blackwoods, at Sammy's, at our different restaurants, Famous Dave's. Uh, get a chance to experience those places. Uh, Avenue 45, the Memorial Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports, and Trophies, Kohler, Toyota, Kohler, Hyundai, and like I said, Famous Dave's. Brian, we have ourselves quite the set of... Um, as sponsors, and I know you want to plug the last one that we have.
1: Absolutely. The last one is also our newest one. And also, I should say, if you'd like to join our sponsorship family, reach out to Dave, reach out to me. You can reach out to Mary at Townsquare Media. You can reach out to just the sales team in general. We're always taking applications, if you will. There's room for more. You could call Randy. And our newest sponsor, we may have to to see if we can get this phone thing figured out. <laughs> but our newest sponsor in their second week with us is Comfort Systems. Sign up for a service appointment right now online with Comfort Systems, and you can do it at ComfortSystemsDuluth.com. All you got to do when you make set appointment is mention that you heard about it right here on the Northland Sports page, and you get a good deal. You get $20 off the appointment itself. Again, that's online, ComfortSystemsDuluth.com. Whether that's a furnace cleaning, work on appliances, fireplaces, ovens, lots of things that need to be done around the house, like Comfort Systems, make you comfortable, and take it off your to-do list.
2: Take it off your to-do list. That's the craziest thing. Like I said, Brian, uh, I mean, when you have a place that you can just call and know it's going to happen, think of the places that you call and you hope it's going to happen. You know, here with Comfort Systems, it's just kind of a call Comfort Systems that's taken care of.
1: All right, so we've received word from Dave Hoops that the guests, unfortunately, are unable to call us as well, so that likely puts an end to any guest appearances we have for today, which... Makes this, makes this a heavy dose of you and I for the next hour and a half or so. So if there's ever been a historical topic that you wanted to touch that we haven't, we can probably call some audibles during commercial breaks. We can do some of the things that we said we were going to talk about later in the show. We can do them right away now. We can play by yourself. Minus Justin May, with all due respect to him, we've done it before when yeah, we'll he's been best, busy sure. before. And you've had questions for Dave Hoops before that I've also participated in. We can probably at least start there. Let's throw the questions that you would have at Dave Hoops at you and I.
2: Well, we're going to get to talk to Dave next week for sure for a couple hours, right? Because we're going to be down there. We're going yes. to be uh, really next week's show with close
1: him. circuit to Dave Hoops. Yeah. I know he's bummed about not being able to participate this weekend, and we are too. Because what would be better than being able to hear from a finisher? And I would say just come down to the studio, Dave, if you can. But as we know, getting around downtown in Canal is, is no easy task right now either. And it would have been great to be able to hear from him and his accomplishments. But next week's show, again, June 24th, at Hoops Brewing, will certainly spotlight Dave Hoops. It is the sixth anniversary, the sixth birthday, whatever you want to call it, for Hoops and their hoopla festivities. We'll kick it all off. Next week will definitely be homage, and now we own a little bit more to uh, Dave Hoops and Hoops Frank.
2: Well, close circuit to Dave. This morning, Brian said, hey, can we have three microphones for next week? So I think one of those microphones is probably earmarked. Uh, all right, Brian, so here's here's some of the questions that I wanted to I wanted to run past you. Uh, earlier today, we had a long conversation about blogs, and we're talking a little bit about uh, in comparative, you know, you have YouTube uh, short videos, you have TikTok. Um, so, let's talk about rabbit holes. What, uh, What's your guilty pleasure topic? When you see a blog that's got a, a topic, you might stop and say, "Oh, I shouldn't, but I will." Or a YouTube cross a title of a YouTube video crosses, and you like say, "Oh, I'm just gonna hit play."
1: Hmm, that's a really interesting question because there's part of me that says, uh, "Don't don't, don't share the answer to some of that." Delete <laughs> your, That's why we call it a guilty pleasure. Delete your browser history, kind <laughs> of thing. But no, it's I think for me, it's it's one of those things, that, and I hate it because it's such clickbait. And these are like tabloid-esque. Yes, 100 they are. But a lot of times it's, remember this child star, remember this person in this role in this show from the 80s or 90s? Because ask my wife, ask some of my friends, I still watch TV at home like it's 1989 because I'll find Cosby show reruns. You know, Bill Cosby's situation aside, I loved the show. I'll stream Cheers. I streamed Blossom and Fresh Prince the other night. Oh, my. I mean, I, I still watch TV like I'm 13 versus 44. And sometimes it's this person had this role and then didn't really do much again. You know, like everybody knows Michael J. Fox from either Spin City or Family Ties. Back to the Future, he did plenty. But then, you know, like Tina Yothers was the youngest child until Andrew came along on Family Ties. Yep, yep. But situations like hers where they go, you remember this star? You won't believe what she looks like now, or you won't believe what they're doing now. And I click through those, and I'm like, what? why am I doing this? Why am I doing or, this? Or like you do with musical lists. Anybody who does like a top 50 or top 100 they got me. best or worst songs for this, I go, okay, I'll check that out. Never thought of that. So that's, that's where I find myself clicking, and, it, and, you know, it says click here to read more, and I'm like, I'm on my seventh click. Why am I still doing this?
2: Or why should I stop now? Right. The uh the ones that get me, there's there's uh channels on YouTube like Donut for the Car part of me that 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 uh, I like that I watch those all the time. But the one that's gotten me over the past month are stupid things that happen at trial. Uh like uh lawyers that blow up at judges yes. and judges that blow up at people. The sovereign citizen thing which I just don't understand. A buddy of mine uh who's an officer ended up with a sovereign citizen and I just thought that I would find out what that was. And then I spent three hours watching Sovereign Citizen videos. So it's uh, it's kind of tacky court stuff that got me as well. Um, so
1: question: I of, can say that just as a quick add-on yeah, to that, please. It's not necessarily a blog topic, but that type of show gets me. You know how on Netflix and Hulu it's it has profiles and it'll say like who's watching, and at our house it'll say Jen or Brian. At yours it would say Dave or Dana. And you obviously pick yourself and then watch your shows. Oh, can I delete that history? Well, yeah, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't toggle over to me, and I just go, yeah, yeah, Jen, because out of every 100 shows, she watches 99 and I watch one. But I get hooked on crime dramas or Dateline type stuff. And then I watch my one show, and then she'll log in again, and it says, because you watch this... It gives her like top ten picks of murder Seriously, mysteries. Killers. And those scare her to death and all here, Brian, what were you watching? So anyway, it's not right. a blog, but it's relatable. On the flip side
2: of that, it's a funny story. So Dana, when she can't sleep, she turns on shows that she knows because she'll turn the the screen over so she doesn't get the blue light stuff, but she'll listen to the show and she'll fall asleep to it, right? So when I do that on our on our um, Netflix or our Disney Plus thing, it is all Christmas shows. Brian? Oh. You're like the Hallmark Channel. It's June, man. Yeah. It's still all Christmas shows. All right, so we just got dropped off a really weird style of cookie. We got the Oreo cotton candy.
1: I haven't Um, tried it yet. Can you? With the celiac situation? Absolutely not.
2: So I get to be the sacrificial lamb. Well, no, but I can can have cookies that have to be made right Right, but during the next break, I get to tell people if this is any good or not. Oh, yeah.
1: Sweet at us if you want. At NSPFan1065. Have you had cotton candy flavor Oreos? By the way, they've gone overboard with their number of flavors. But go
2: ahead. They have a mint uh, one for that are gluten free that tastes just like thin mints from. But that's be that'd fun. be all right. All right. So looking at this weird flavor of cookie, Brian. What's your favorite
1: flavor of cookie? I'm. Whoa! Oh, I almost was gonna say I'm so bland with this. I was just gonna say chocolate chip, but that's not true. Chocolate chip is my most accessible cookie, so it becomes a favorite because you put it there and I'm gonna eat them. Yep. Those those chips ahoy little slide out trays. Suddenly they're gone and oh crap! Where did those go? Damn. And then I look at my belly and I go, oh, yeah, that's where those went. But my favorite, if I get to choose, and this is still kind of bland, but Subway shops, whether it's Subway itself or Jersey Mike's or Jimmy John's or what have you, almost all of them have macadamia as yep. a possibility. Yep. Those I cannot eat enough of. I'll try, but it will never be too many. The macaroon? Yes.
2: Yeah. The um, So you know how when you were younger and maybe as your great-grandparents – they had, like, a favorite candy. Like, my great-grandparents had the ones that were shaped. Yep. Like, the, they would look like they were $100 each. But that's just what they grew up with, right? So my favorite cookie, and and I've gotten the weird look, my grandmother used to make molasses cookies. Ah. Like I didn't even eat molasses with anything bad. else. Yeah. But straight molasses cream cookies with a little lemon frosting.
1: Yeah. As a piggyback onto that, and I've seen memes about this on my various social media feeds, do you believe that there are some candies and or desserts that don't exist in someone's life until they become a grandparent. Yes. Because there are things that were on location at my grandparents' house at the ready all the time that i look at people's parents' houses, friends' houses, college kids, even grocery stores. I'm like, these don't exist. Where do they have them? Or, um, so that would be like the circus peanuts. My yeah. grandfather used to eat those. The, or those. like the candies that are wrapped that look like strawberries. Yes, 100%. Where, where do those come from? The Brock, the whole yes. Brock aisle. Everything from Brock's. You know, certain stores have certain demographics. They all do. Businesses do. Brock's is like Grandma and Grandpa shop here. Yes, That's it. Exactly. And it doesn't. And it's not us, it's just when
2: they turn into Grandma right, and Grandpa right. shop there.
1: One last thing. I used to think, and maybe I've told you this before, speaking of grandparents and, and things change when you become one, and, and you are one now, oh, so maybe no. this resonates, but I used to think as a kid that when you became a grandparent, you had to change your name. Because I know you're Grandpa Dave, but that doesn't sound geriatric to me. Grandpa Brian doesn't either. Grandma Jennifer, Grandma Dana doesn't either. When I grew up and spent a lot of time around my grandparents, my grandmother's names were Leona and Marie, respectively. And they had friends like Esther and Gertrude and Beverly, and I thought, well, you must hit 75, and then you have to pick a different name. Yes, exactly. you know. My mother is a grandmother through my sister's daughters, Grandma Penny or even Grandma Pamela doesn't resonate. Waiting for her to change her name.
2: Yeah, right. Exactly. Right to Hildegard. Yes, that was when she said this is my aunt Hildegard. I thought she was teasing. Right. So, uh, anyways, the last the last question, Brian, I have, and this one is is uh, is specifically for tomorrow, but. Um, this is so. This is my first uh, Father's Day without father. Yeah, and uh, I know that you've done this before. Doesn't this make, my
1: ninth doesn't make it easier?
2: Doesn't make it easier. But I have a quick question for Father's Day and, and dads who are listening. I want you to do this too, um, Brian. What's when I say your father, your dad? Um, what's the memory that comes to mind first?
1: Ah, uh, first is hard because there there are so many. Yeah, um, both good and bad. Ninety eight percent good, maybe two percent bad. But sometimes you don't forget the bad ones either. I, I certainly had a household that was, wait till your father gets home. When, when my grades weren't good, I wasn't afraid of my mom. I was afraid of what my dad might say. Um, but I would never pay my dad in a negative light. He doesn't deserve that. I think the best or first memory I have, and it's a bummer now that Tilford Davis won't be on the show today because he would have said, I'm shocked you didn't say this because I've talked about all the sports firsts I did with my dad. He took me to my first Twins games, and they were unbelievably memorable. Months later, it took me to my first Vikings games. I remember the last Twins game I ended up going to with him where we had almost a whole row to ourselves because the Twins were bad and nobody showed up. Kyle Gibson, it was his pro debut, got a big strikeout, and my dad got very enthused, got out of a jam. My dad looked like Leslie Nielsen in Naked Gun going up and down the road going, yeah, he's out of here. So that one's vivid, but the first one is this. For my dad to leave me notes around the house was not rare. Because as I got older, we had very opposite schedules. He worked an 8 to 5 his entire life. I worked an 8 to 5 once I turned 27. It didn't really match up. So when I was Mr. Late Night Guy, a lot of notes left because it would, did you see the game, did you see this, or you didn't do this, and I asked you to do this. There were notes all the time. So my last night as a high school senior in the summer going to college, leaving for Winona State the next day, with him, mind you, There was not a note of what should have been like a mini book on my bed. He wrote me, I want to say eight pages, front and back, of all the things he was proud of me for. Oh, wow. Yeah, from little to the big things. And it still comes up because it's touching, but it also comes up because sometimes my dad took a lot of crap. He got made fun of in our family a lot, not because he did stupid things, but he had his quirks. So we laughed and we loved him. But he had the worst penmanship of anybody on the planet. (laughs) And so reading these seven, eight pages still, you know, almost makes me tear up a little bit. But I also joke with my mom, well, yeah, I got emotional because I had to read it three times to figure out what different words said. But for him to take the time to do that, that's the kind of guy he was.
2: Yeah, it's hard because you're right. It's, It's little memories that keep interrupting. Well, what about this one? What about that one? What about this one? Yeah. And originally I was Now gonna, that we have
1: no guests, we could probably do a whole show based on memories of our dad.
2: Right. The the original one was going to be a negative one because it stuck with me so long. Dad bought me and a buddy tickets to a North Stars game on New Year's Eve. And this was pre-cell phone, and we may or may not have come back <coughs> on time. And, uh, I, remember, <laughs> I think I've heard this. I remember dad sitting there, and, and you know so many people's parents get really mad. My dad never got mad. My dad said, I don't know if you know how much money I spent on you. Uh, for this, and how much I trusted you to be an adult on New Year's Eve and you're not here, and uh, I just can't tell you how disappointed I am in you. You know, that's always worse than mad. And, 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 And he left, but the the thing that will st- stick with me forever, so I was class president in my high school um, year, and I had to give the, the graduation speech. Okay. And I ground on the graduation speech a lot. Um, and, of course, this is high school, right? So I, I know you think I might make some mistakes now. Imagine me 20 years ago, 30, 40 years ago. No,
1: thank you. By the way, macadamia and macaroons are different, but I disagreed with you. Go ahead.
2: The, the um, um. So I did the, the speech based on the Aerosmith song, Dream On, and, nice. and, and all that. And did
1: you hit the high note in the speech? N- not at all. <laughs> um,
2: but I wore, black, I wore all black with a white tie. I do look like a priest. Okay. Anyways, the uh, dad came up after me and grabbed me by the back of the head, and he goes, I don't know if at your age I could have done anything near that. Wow. Like he said, I, I don't think I could have got up in front of people, but I also don't think I could have got up in front of people and sounded like an adult. And that was That's huge. cool. Yeah. Yep.
1: I will tell you one thing that I am supremely what happened since. jealous of you for. Because your dad, obviously, his passing is recent. Tomorrow's your first Father's Day without him. Yep. Super glad we get to spend it together. There's, there's some synergy there to honor our dads together who knew each other, and we didn't realize it at first. Yep. Yep. That was fun for us. But I don't use the word jealous very often. I can say envious or I wish or what have you. I'm legit jealous of the fact that, Your dad got to share in being a big part of this show. Sat in the corner of the studio and watched. Sat in the old studio and watched. On the mic one. Reflected on shows several times afterwards, in the car with both of us, on the mic as a guest before. Your dad was engrossed in this show. I feel like listeners became engrossed in your dad. I hope that listeners who may or may not know my dad became engrossed in him because I bring him up all the time. But I wish he could have heard this once. Because I think he would be our most dedicated listener every Saturday maybe as critical or more than my mom because he has more to say about the topics, but he would love the fact that it exists. And he's also the kind of guy that was very good at public speaking and very good at being in the spotlight, but I think if you asked him, didn't like it because he would act like he wanted to be on the show all the time, and I'd say, okay, we'll come in and grab the mic. No, I can't do that. No, i get too nervous. No. My, uh, I,
2: Dana. Well, I told you what Dana said the Saturday after Dad died. Uh, and she said, "Well, you know, you and Brian are doing the show. You know that your dad and Brian's dad are up there with some antique AM radio, listening to it. Yeah, sitting around on those on those old. 1970s. You know what they're doing
1: with every mistake we make? What an idiot!
2: <laughs> yes. You know the old nineteen seventies outdoor chairs with the with the uh, like the fiberglass straps that that you sat in. <clears throat> that that would be they'd be sitting there around a, a radio on those things, maybe having a beer, going." How do these what, guys do? Yeah, what are these
1: clowns talking yeah.
2: about? Have it, they're probably doing the drinking game, by the way.
1: Yeah, that actually would be kind of fun to uh, envision. Anything that our dads might be doing together, honoring this show in some way, we'll do it tomorrow. I'll buy that. I'll raise a glass to that, and we will do it tomorrow. Dave and I are going to spend Father's Day together. Kudos to your family for allowing that because you are a father. I am if you count my dogs, but they did not really have a say in what I'm doing tomorrow. So I'll buy spending the day with you. That'll be fun. We're going to play buy or sell next. Justin May, unfortunately, will not be part of it because nobody can. The phones decided to take the marathon weekend off. So it's Dave Cook and myself, Brian Brudel. It's us all the time for one more hour. Stick around. We'll be right back.
0: For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger.